Well, hello, Living Streams Church. Um, I'm here today. Uh, Pastor David asked me to preach out of John chapter 3. And so go ahead and grab a, uh, a Bible and turn to John chapter 3 or grab your smartphone. And I'm here um, in front of a camera. It's pretty awkward and um, very socially distancing. Uh, I'm going to put my mask down here, but everyone is uh, far away. But I just wanted to say that I, I, I miss you guys. I, I really do. And I am hoping and praying to, to uh, reunite and see everyone again soon. Okay, John chapter 3. This title of my sermon today is Jesus Teaches Nicodemus. Now, there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. For no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. Then Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Let's stop here for just a moment. You know, let's think, why did Nicodemus come to Jesus? Was he attracted to his kindness, possibly? You know, the Bible says that in, in verse 2, he was attracted to the miracles, that Nicodemus saw miracles. Maybe he wanted some new wine. Maybe he was um, seeking God. You know, you can come to Jesus at any time. Nicodemus came at nighttime for any reason. You know, Jesus says, come to me, all of you who are weary or burdened. If you're burdened, come to Christ. If you are weary or tired, come to Jesus. Whatever your situation or circumstance is, at any time of the day, at any part of your journey, come back, come to Christ. You know, Nicodemus was very significant. It says that he was a member of the Jewish ruling council. Nicodemus was a religious leader. He was a well-to-do man. He was probably pretty wealthy. He was intelligent. He was a professor of religion. Most likely he, well, for sure, he knew and he taught the law very well. He fasted regularly, probably, and he most likely he gave 10%. But Jesus Christ, you know, he, he says to Nicodemus, that's not enough. He says, you must be born again. And it's interesting that um, he says this. This is something that's going to come through that, that I found throughout this entire um, teaching and talk with Nicodemus is that God is trying to show Nicodemus that God has done for us what we cannot do for ourselves. Nicodemus, he had his religion, but he needed to be born again into a relationship. Religion is one thing. Relationship is another. And Nicodemus really missed the mark, didn't he? He called Jesus Christ rabbi, a teacher. But Jesus Christ is the son of God. As David had previously preached, Jesus Christ is God. And Nicodemus, he was missing that. That was a big problem. And so that's why Jesus says you cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus wasn't seeing Christ for who he really was. Who do you say Christ is? Is he a teacher to you? 
Is he a person uh, of historical fact? Or is he your God? Is he your Abba? Is he the son of God? Who is he to you? Think about that. Jesus talks about this born again, and, it's, and I kind of looked it up, and it means to be born from above. We're all born from below, but have you been born from above? And being born again is described in other, in other ways, in other places in the, in the Bible. Ezekiel says, an old heart to a new heart. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. The Apostle Paul says, old creation to a new creation. Those who are in Christ are a new creation. The old is, is gone and the new has come. Old to new. Peter talks about darkness to light, but you're a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into the wonderful light. St. John, John, he, 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 he says from death to life. Okay? Nicodemus, back to Nicodemus. He wasn't seeing Christ for who he, he really was. I'm going to give an illustration. You know, I work in the seeing business, okay? I help people to see better. And one of the major reasons, reasons why people don't see well is because they have a cataract in their eye. A cataract is something that everyone gets. A cataract grows inside your eye. The Bible says everyone gets sin, and that's, that sin is inside of our hearts. And Jesus knows your heart. And, and listen, I had a, a, a recent encounter with, with a man, and he says to me, you know, I can't drive legally. And I look into his eyes, and I say, you've got a cataract inside your eye. We need to get that out. And you know what he tells me? He says, um, I can see just fine. I don't need to get it out. I can see cars. I can see, I can see street signs. I can see the road just fine. And I have to remind him, but didn't you just come from the motor vehicle department? Didn't the, didn't the DMV just tell you that you failed your test? And so he says, yeah, but, and I said, okay, this is what the law says, all right? And I put up the eye chart. I put up the, the law of the requirement for driving legally. And I said, go ahead and, and read those letters. And he says, I can't do it. And I said, okay, that's because you have a cataract inside your eye and you, and you need to have it removed. Otherwise, you're not driving. Listen, the Bible says that the law of the Lord is perfect and it revives the soul. It converts the soul, the King James Version says. Sometimes people think that they're, that they're good, that they're okay, okay? But, but they're not until they look, at, until they look at, at God's perfect way, which is to love God and to love one another. Until they look at God's perfect law, they don't have a realization that they have a sin problem. They don't know. How about you? Do you think you're a good person? I would say you probably are pretty good, but are you absolutely perfect? Have you ever stolen or lied? Have you ever coveted your neighbor? The Bible says that all have sinned and have fallen short of the glory of God that sin has infected all people. And now let me tell you, this person, when, when they go and get their cataract removed, let me tell you, they are happy. They, they say, I can see the trees. I can see the leaves on the trees. I can see faces much better. I can see things 
completely different. There's more light that comes in. And they have a testimony, right? And, and, and also, they're singing and praising their, the, the surgeon. It's the same is true when someone is born again. They are telling people. I was in a conversation with, with, uh, at, a, at a lunch, and we were just talking about our faith, and someone walks by because he heard us talking, and he says, guess what? I've been born again. He was all excited. This is, this is what happens. Listen, Jesus says back in, in John chapter 2 that he didn't need any testimony about mankind because he knew what was in each person. The lying, the stealing, the greed, the vulgarity, the prejudice, the pride, the anger, the fear. All of that is, is causing war. War with God and, and, and strife and war with each other. And it all started with Adam and Eve, right? Adam and Eve were in this garden and they sinned, right? And then they, their sin was passed to the next generation, Cain and Abel, where Cain murdered his brother. And then the next generation received sin, the next generation, and so on and so forth, right to you and right to me. I'm a sinner. I admit it. Do you admit it? You know, that's what God wants. He wants us to come into agreement with him. And then he wants ultimately to thank him for what he's done. Because once again, God has done for us what we cannot do for ourselves. The Bible says that sin and death have entered the one man, Adam. But forgiveness and sin and life has come through the one person of Jesus Christ. Your body may be alive, but inside you're dead. Your soul and your spirit, they're dead and they're searching in the wrong places. You may be searching for in the wrong places like sex, right, to, 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 to find fulfillment, or money, or position, or power, or material things. All those things cannot fix you. You need Jesus Christ. You have to come to the cross. You must be born again. Now, in verse 4, Nicodemus asks this question. He says, how can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the spirit. How can this be? Nicodemus asked. You are Israel's teacher, Jesus said. And do you not understand these things? Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know and we testify to what we have seen. But still, you people do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the son of man. He there, he told Nicodemus who he was. But Nicodemus still is not seeing Jesus Christ for who he really is, right? And he's, a, he's asking these questions. How can this be? How can someone be born? You know, you don't have to know everything about God to come to God. No one is going to know everything or know God completely, ever. You have to trust God. You have to come like a little child, okay? The Bible says unless you change and become like a little child, you won't enter the kingdom of God. I have a three-year-old son, and he is learning how to swim, okay? And so he will come to the edge of the pool, and he will jump to me, right? 
And guess what? If I don't catch my son, he'll die. He trusts fully in me. And he comes, he by faith, I said, come on, come on, son. He just jumps right into the pool. And, and, and that's how we have to come to Christ. You don't think about it. Don't have to have everything explained. You don't have to figure everything out. You just come to Jesus Christ and you trust him for what he's done for us. You trust, you trust him that he died for your sins. You trust him that he came back to life. Just like a little child, come to Jesus Christ. You know, we don't have any troubles um, using these cell phones, do we? I don't understand how this thing works. I don't understand how this camera works that I'm looking at right now, and you can see me, and you're looking at your phone, or you're looking at th through that computer. But I'm, but I'm trusting, I'm trusting right now that you're looking right at me. We just trust. You put your faith completely, all in Jesus Christ, and, put, and trust Christ and Christ alone. Now listen, why couldn't Nicodemus understand Jesus Christ? You know, Jesus is talking about the Spirit. He says you have to have the Spirit to be born again. The Spirit does the work. Once again, Jesus is saying that God has done something for us that we cannot do for ourselves. And, and he's telling Nicodemus about the Holy Spirit, his Spirit. And so I'm going to talk a little bit about the Spirit, okay? The Spirit convicts people of their sin, the Bible says. That, that when the Spirit comes, he will prove to the world to be in wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. The Spirit empowers us to live the Christian life, to resist temptation. We have to have the Spirit. The Spirit teaches us moment by moment. The Spirit lives inside every believer. And if you're not a believer, he wants to live inside of you. Do you not know that your bodies, you Christian believers, are a temple for the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit wants to fill you up. Do not be drunk on wine, the Bible says, which leads to debauchery, but instead be filled by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit wants to, th to flow through you. He wants to, you know, this verse is our, is our church verse, right? Look at John 7, 38 for just a moment. Jesus says, anyone who believes on me, just as the scripture said, streams of living water will flow from within. And, and what flows from within? is the fruit of the Spirit, the love and the joy and the peace and the patience and the kindness and the goodness, faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. And I would even say sharing your Christ, sharing your faith, sharing Christ with others, having a desire to read your Bible, your prayer. You know what? The world around us needs those things. But Jesus is teaching Nicodemus that you have to have the Spirit, that the Spirit does this for you, makes you born again. The Spirit is, the Holy Spirit is responsible for the conversion. Now look, I, I found here the condition of the natural man. The Bible says in, second, uh, in 1 Corinthians that the person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers in foolishness. You know, Jesus Christ, God, is having this conversation with Nicodemus, who does not have the Spirit, and Nicodemus is not getting it. Because Nicodemus doesn't have the spirit. Have you ever had have a conversation with someone and you put out there on the table something spiritual and they just like, they don't get it. Or they even tell you, that's crazy. Or that's foolishness even. I've, I've had all those uh, interactions. You know, the Bible says that the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But for us who are being saved, it's the power of God. And that God delights in the preaching of the gospel the preaching that is foolishness to the world, God delights in. And so I'm here knowing that I am a delight to the Lord, preaching what the world will say is foolish. 
And you know what? I don't care because Jesus Christ is my Lord. And he's the one that I live my life for. I don't live my life to please man. And so I'm at, I, I, I've been called lots of many things. Foolish is one of them. Crazy, a, a, a crazy zest, a crazy zeal for God. You know what? But I have had a powerful um, experience with the Lord many times. And, and I know deep, deep down that Jesus Christ is alive and that Jesus Christ is, is, is in me and he's working through me. And the, and the angels in heaven, they really do rejoice when people come to Christ. And they will for you today when you come to Christ, if you do. Now listen, we're going to look at verse 14. Jesus is to, continues to tell Nicodemus, just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life. Jesus is saying a story that Nicodemus knows about, and he's read many times. Remember, he was a teacher of the law. He's a, a professor of religion. He knows this story. Nicodemus is um, listening to the story about when Moses leads the Israelites out of the out of slavery and they're in the desert. Okay, and the Israelites at this time they're complaining about the food, about the water, and then God allows them to go through a patch of venomous snakes. Okay, snakes that that if, if they were bit by one they would die, and then they start dying. And so Moses prays to God, and God instructs Moses and tells Moses, make a snake out of bronze, put it up on a pole, okay? And anyone who looks up at that pole and believes will not die, but will live. I mean, that is a foreshadowing of what happens with Jesus Christ, right? That, that he was buried, right? But he came back to life. And anyone who looks to Jesus Christ and puts their trust on Christ and Christ alone will live, will have eternal life. Once again, God has done for us something that we cannot do for ourselves, right? Could those Israelites put some mud on their wounds and live? No. Could they go to urgent care? There was no urgent care back there, right? Could they go to the medicine doctor for, 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 for their wounds? No. God only had one provision. He says, look to that bronze snake and believe. And if you do, you'll live. There's, there is no other way. You know, Jesus says, Jesus Christ says, I am the way and the truth and the life. He says, no one gets to the Father except through me. I think there's only one way because he makes it simple for us. Simple even a child can understand. It's simple, but it's just so difficult. Christ is the stumbling block. He's the cornerstone. Why would God do such a thing? Why would he make a provision for humanity? You know, because he loves you. It says it right here in John 3, 16. You know, and this says pretty much the whole gospel in one verse. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. I mean, Nicodemus is getting earful, isn't he? Jesus says, for God did not send his son, Nicodemus, into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. You know, you don't have to be afraid to come to Jesus Christ. He's not going to condemn you. He, didn't, he wasn't sent to punish you. You know, sometimes I ride the, the uh, light rail, and, and, and it's interesting because I'm on, when I'm on the train going down Central, and the authority comes on the train, you just see people scatter. They just jump off the train because they're afraid, right? Because they know they didn't buy a ticket. 
Okay? And then the authority walks around and says, show me your ticket. <laughs> you know? And, and so people that don't have a ticket, they're gone. Right? But and people that do, they say, here, here's my ticket. You know, the point is, is that you can come to Jesus Christ. He's not going to punish you. He's not like the authority on earth. Right? He's not going to put you in jail. He's not going to condemn you. He didn't come. The Bible says God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world. He came to save the world. So you can come to Christ how you are. You don't go and clean yourself up and then come to Christ. You can't. Christ cleans you up. You can't go if you're an addict to pornography, if you're a drug addict, if, if, if you are self-righteous or prideful. You can't go and try to get all clean and then come to Jesus Christ. No, it doesn't work that way. You have to come to Jesus Christ first, put your trust on him, believe on him that he's alive. He comes into your heart and he, and he starts cleaning you up from the inside out. He's the great physician, by the way. He says when he called Levi at the end, he says, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, it's the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but the sinners to repentance. And, and you come and you're drawn by his kindness. And when you're with him, you want to stay with him. And, he, and you put your trust and believe on him. He cleans you up from the inside out. Let's continue on in verse 18. He says, whoever believes in me, Nicodemus, he's still talking to Nicodemus. He's not condemned. But whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Remember, Nicodemus came to Jesus Christ at nighttime. He's probably a little bit embarrassed of his, of his homies, right? The other uh, Pharisees in, in the Jewish ruling, ruling council. He says, I don't want them to see. But you know what? Jesus doesn't um, condemn him for that. He doesn't shame him. He, 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 he sits with them. But... In the same token, you can come to Christ. And whenever you come to Christ, you, you, you come to the light, right? Because Jesus Christ is the light. He says, I am the light of the world. He says, anyone who walks after me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. You come to Christ, you, you're in the light. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. You know, I just want to spend just a couple of minutes in sharing the gospel, okay? You know, Nicodemus was um, very, he was a worker. He was a very hard worker. But we're not saved by works, are we? We're saved by mercy and we're saved by grace. Listen to this verse in Titus. He says, he saved us. St. Titus, New Testament. Listen to this. He saved us, not because of righteous things that we have done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior. And you Christians have heard this before, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. It is for by grace that you have been saved, through faith. And this is not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Listen. I say it this way. If a generous person came to you and um, he says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to forgive all of your debts, okay? Past, present, and future. Wouldn't you be very grateful? I know I would. I still have mortgage. I still have student loan debts. You know, I've got a wife and five kids. And so I would be, yeah, I'd be grateful. And so, uh, but, but you know what? I would say, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. Well, I go down to the, to the bank and I'd say, has my mortgage been paid? And they say, yes, Mr. Johnson, your mortgage has been paid. You know, I wouldn't go at that point and give the, uh, the bank another 
$1,000, they would say, what are you doing? Your mortgage has been paid. You know, And that's what you're doing if you're not putting your trust in Christ, in Christ alone. If you're putting your trust in religion or um, being good, you know, you need to repent from that. Or putting your trust in, in, in other gods in, in, in addition to Christ, you need to repent from that as well. Trust in Christ, in Christ alone. He's, he did it all. The Bible says it this way. You know, Paul says, I don't set aside the grace of God. For if righteousness could be gained through the law, then Christ died for nothing. He did it all, folks. He paid it all. He paid it all. Now, I'm going to end with, this, with, with an illustration, okay? And um, bear with me. Here we have three types of people, okay? We've got the natural man, like Nicodemus, right? On the outside, on the outside, he looks like he has it all together. But on the inside, he has sin, he has pride. It's like all, like all of us. We were, the Bible says that we were born into iniquity. We have sin in us, okay? And so here he is, and he's in our world. And so then I have, suppose, suppose that Nicodemus put his trust on Christ and he became born again. Here we have the, uh, the, the, a person who has been born again. And so instead of being filled with sin, now they can be filled with the Holy Spirit, Okay. And both of these guys are in, are in the world together. All right? This guy, the natural person, we see it all the time. In our world, it's kind of spewing off what comes out of his heart, right? The sin, the, the greed, and the strife, and the vulgarity, the anger, the, um, you know, it results in domestic violence, um, not taking care of your kids, uh, family breakdown. I mean, the, what, the denial of who Jesus is, um, the disbelief, okay? And then you have this guy who is um, filled with the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is flowing through him, right? Love and joy and peace all around the world, patience and kindness and goodness, so on and so forth. And God continues to pour into this guy. God, God's grace is endless. His mercies never end, the Bible says. More love and more joy and more peace. He gets filled up again. He overflows, right? He's, this guy is a, is a living streams Christian right here, okay? And, and you, you can give God a clap because God just keeps on pouring his grace right into him and out into our world. But I want to talk to you guys because I believe a lot of us are like this guy right here. This guy is the born-again Christian who's led by his flesh, okay? The Bible describes him as the carnal Christian. He's got the spirit in him. He's been born again, and, but he's also got sin in him. And, and, and look at him. Sometimes he'll be in church, and then maybe after church, someone will cut him off, and he's got the finger, right? Sometimes, you know, he, he, really, he really wrestles with who is with his identity, you know, he may have depression, um, you know, he may um, at, at one moment be praising God, and in, in the next minute, moment, he may be um, having an idol, you know, he just, he goes, and, and he's pouring out also, and this guy over here, the natural person, is looking at the carnal Christian and saying, we're no different, you're a hypocrite, Right? And so how does, 
How does, how do we, how does the carnal Christian get to the spirit-filled Christian? Right? How do we go? How do we get from here to here? The Bible says that when the Bible says we come to Jesus Christ, we come to the cross, just like Nicodemus did, and we confess our sins, right? And God is faithful and just. He forgives us of our sins, and he purifies us from all unrighteousness. And here we are again, and, and God's pouring through us faithfulness and gentleness and self-control and so on and so forth. And here we go. Now, I'm going to be quite honest with, with myself, okay, and with you, that I go back and forth. I have my moments. I say, wow, that was the Lord in me. And then I have my other moments. That's all Michael right there. Lord Michael. You know what? But as time goes on, you know, God wants us to be more of the spirit-led, the spirit-controlled, born-again Christian. Because we have to, guys. Listen, I was a product of the Arizona foster child system. Okay? I grew up in very dysfunction. My dad was an alcoholic. Um, my, um, and long story short, he beat my mom. He beat us. And um, I was adopted. The adopted dad, he was uh, um, committing adultery uh, with, with my mother, um, against my mother. They got a divorce. My younger brother, um, alcoholic, died, you know. And, 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 and me, myself. I have a lot of sin to talk about as well, you know. And it's not that we're all black men and this is, uh, the, the, this is the product of the systemic racism or this is a product of the white man putting their thumb on the black man. No, it's a product of sin. That we all, we all have sin. And, and it took me until after I was born again to realize that. Because I always wondered, why am I this way? Why did, did all these things happen to us? And God gave me the answer. You know, when Jesus looked down and he looked down at our world, and look at our world, it's pretty messy, right? And Jesus says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. You know, if you're up to no good, if you're led by your flesh, guess what? Expect bad things to happen to you, okay? If you're a spirit-led Christian and you have... Um, yielded to Christ, fully surrendered to Christ, 247, but you live in this world, guess what? Expect bad things to happen to you. If you're a carnal Christian, it doesn't matter who you are. You live in this messy world, expect bad things to happen to you. But listen, the gospel is, the message is, is that Jesus Christ, when he, once he comes inside of you, he never leaves you. He's always with you, and you have eternal life that you won't lose eternal life. Listen, if you can lose eternal life, it was never eternal in the first place. And that's very good news. And that, that gives me peace today, okay? If I, die to, if I die this afternoon, I know where I'm going. And I have peace inside. All around me is chaotic, okay? But the peace of the Lord dwells richly inside of me. And I'm, and I'm able to overflow that peace into the hearts of others around me my wife and my children, so on and so forth. So I'm going to end this message by asking you guys, which of these three best represents your life? Okay? Are you the natural person who's never put their trust on Christ, who's never believed on Christ? Are you the spirit-filled Christian who is um, overflowing love and joy and peace, so on and so forth? Or right now, are you this carnal Christian who you've got some sin in your life, and you've also got the spirit, you've been born again, 
but you need to come to Jesus, okay? If, if you are the natural, come to Christ today. Believe on Him. If this made sense to you, not like, not like Nicodemus, it didn't make sense, but if it does to you, guess what? You've been born again. You believe. Tell someone. Send an email to Pastor David. Tell someone in your house right now, I, hey, that makes sense. I believe on Jesus Christ. And then begin to grow. Be grow in, in your faith. Read your Bible and keep coming to church. And if this is you, the carnal Christian, again, come to Christ. Confess your sins and live not bound by sin, but live in the victory of Jesus Christ. That is the message for today. And I just want to thank you and, and thank Pastor David. And um, I'm going to end by just saying, may the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you always.